Hello, welcome to the Jay Show. It's so good to have you here. This is Dr. Jay Smith. This is now the 13th uh, episode. That's a lot of episodes uh, I have over here with me. Well, Hatun Tash, it's good to have you back again. Thanks for having me again, Jay. This is number 13. Number 13, it's been a long time. We've been looking at the Quran. In all of the previous 12, we've looked at the Quran, we've been unpacking the Quran, we've yeah. been asking questions about the Quran, uh, we've been really being critical of the Quran. We're doing things that really I've never heard anybody else do before. Give us uh, some of the things that we have come up with so far. So, um, so far we are trying to uh, deal with the claim Muslims are making that Quran um, throughout history never changed. It is exactly the same Quran that Muslims are reading today all around the world. Not even dot of the Quran changed. Yet, so it um, doesn't matter whether you are in Sumatra, it doesn't matter whether you are in Iran, it doesn't matter whether you're in London or United States or any country, anywhere in the world, the Arabic Quran they're reading, we're not talking about translations here, the Arabic Quran they're reading is exactly the same in every country. From Malaysia to Alaska, from uh, Jordan to Turkey, from um, Africa to Russia, wherever Even you Timbuktu, are. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Arabic Quran you are reading is exactly the same. This is what I've heard for and 35 years. And it has years. been exactly the same since 650. Okay. Uh, so we are looking and at you that. you say 650 because that's 650. Uthman. That's the when Uthman um, canonized the Quran and then ordered to burn all the manuscripts. So the traditions tell us. That's what tradition tells us. Uh, yet in 2017, um, in somehow, God has been gracious to us. We've got 26 different Arabic Qurans from the Hafs Quran. Hafs Quran is the Quran which has difference been from the Hafs, Hafs Quran. Quran. It means difference from this Quran that we we've have got right here. This red one here. Yes, That's the Hafs got, Quran. Yes, That's got, the canonized Quran that we use in the in the world today. That's the one that we use here in Britain, and that's the one I've grown up with, but you're saying that there are 26 other ones different than that. Yes, 26 other than, uh, 26 different Arabic Qurans other than Hafs Quran. In the Arabic text, not in the English text. Yes, we are talking Arabic. about the Arabic scripture, because we are aware that Muslims don't take the translations of the Quran as the Quran. We are looking at the Arabic writings, and then we are comparing the Arabic writings. So we've got 26 different Arabic Qurans, we sat down and then we looked at the variations to hoping to find uh, 10 or 20 variations from one Quran to another Quran. Yet um, we came up 45,339 variations from one Quran to other Quran. Ooh, it yet, boggles the mind. It yet just boggles the mind. We didn't have chance to look all the 26 Qurans. So You've already we looked, looked at, at only 23 20, of them, haven't yeah, you? 23 or 24. And that's where you found the 45,000 45, already. And you found quite a few more just a few weeks ago. You found yeah. over 1,300 yeah. just in a few, uh, within a week's period. You're still going to keep working on it. I hope you continue to do so. We'll probably have to do another uh, series of these in about a year or two. And by that time, it'll maybe have doubled the number you have no, found. Actually, I'm hoping by that time, soon after Muslims watch this episode, they will able to prepare a critical additional of the Quran for us that we can just um, do the work, that we can just go through the work they have done for us. Okay. I don't think it should be Christians' job to look at the Arabic Qurans and then see how, how they messed up. Um, so we are hoping that very soon Muslims will produce 
critical version of the Quran and then we can look at that Quran. And the only reason you have done this, Hatun, is because of the claims you're hearing all the time. Yeah. You've heard these claims. I've been hearing them for 35 years. I've always been told. I'm sure everybody watching has been told the same thing. Muslims have always told us that every Arabic Quran, every time someone memorizes the Quran, doesn't matter whether in Timbuktu or in Bombay, they always memorize it the same way. It is exactly the same Quran. Word for word, surah for surah, ayah for ayah, letter for letter. Dot for dot. Dot for dot. And that's why we're bringing this up. That's yeah. why you have decided, because you found that this wasn't true. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back and remember we had that graph. We're not going to show it again because we've been showing it every time, where we had uh, a, a good 24 on the right side and another 13 on the left side. These are the different transmitters who transmitted it differently. These are the ones yep. that changed it. These are the the teachers and their students. The yep. teachers said it one way, which is different from the uh, Quran that we're using today. And then yep. the students changed it yet again. Yep. And you had uh, 24 strong authoritative renditions, yep. changes. And then, and then you have 13 not so strong. Yeah, so uh, as we compare the Qurans, we see um, as um, Uthman sent the Quran, perfect Quran to city uh, with someone who knew the Quran very well. Soon after Quran arrived that city, teachers st start disagreeing with their students regarding what it's supposed to be in the Quran. And then we are talking only first couple of centuries of Islamic history. Uh, by end of 10th century, we end up having like over 30 different Arabic Qurans. According to Muslims, it's only how you recite it. Yet when we look at the Qurans as an individual, we see actually written form of the Quran has be, is different from one another. And it does change, changing the meaning of the sentence. It does changing the theology in certain uh, verses. And to prove that, we have been looking at some verses. Yeah. We're just looking at a smattering of verses because of the fact that, hold on, it's just too much to look at all the 45,000. Yeah. We're just giving you a facsimile of the of what is out there yeah. just to make our point. And we have been very careful to not only show these verses, we're showing them uh, pictures of them both on the left and the huffs. We're yeah. using the huffs as our, as our um, official, official one, comparing others like the Warsh Ibn Kathir and others yeah. to show how different they are verse by verse by verse. Let's go back to that. We've yeah. looked at Surah 1, we've looked at Surah 2, we've looked at Surah 3, we've looked at Surah 7, we've looked at Surah 9. Now we're moving into Surah 10. Let's look with Surah 10, Ayah 2. And let's have our Arab speaker go ahead and read what the Huff says and what the Warsh says for these two, the same word. Hafs, now, this is fascinating because here's this little old Dagar Aleph again that has now come raising its head again. Here's this Dagar Aleph. This Dagar Aleph seems to always be coming back. And of course, most Muslims would like to throw it out as insignificant. As yep. we said in the last episode, a lot of our friends at Speaker's Corner keep on saying, hey, it's nothing, it's nothing much, just a Dagar Aleph. Who cares? It's changing. It keeps the meaning the same. So let's see if it does keep the meaning yep. the same in this uh, surah, in this ayah. In the translation in the Hafs with the Dagar Aleph there, it says this, have the people been amazed that we revealed, and they're talking about revelation here, to a man from among them. The disbelievers say, indeed, this is surely a magician, a magician, which is somebody yeah. who does magic. Yeah. In Warsh, um version of the Arabic Quran, we read, have the people been amazed that we reveal to men from among them? 
the disbeliever says, indeed, this is surely a work of magic. Oh, wait, wait a minute. So here you have in one case a person, in the other case you have an action. Yeah. A person or an action completely different. Now, so, so is a revelation to a man the work of a magician or a work, work of, of magic? magic? That's a good question to ask our Muslim friends. And as I said in previous episode, we will never know what Allah meant in the first place. We don't because both of these, both the Hafs and the Warsh are much later. They're coming to us in the 9th and 10th century. century. They're not even the original ones. And so that's why it's very important that we look and say, folks, you've got a problem here. Muslims, you've got a problem here because is a man... The, it, it, this concerns a man or does this concern no. an action? By putting the Dagar out of there or taking it away, it changes the meaning Are we talking about the magician or are we talking about the magic? So there are two different things. Even some, I, I'm not English speaker, even I am aware there are two different things. There you go. Let's go to the next verse. And this is Surah 15. We're going to jump to Surah 15. We're going to skip 11, 12, and 13. There are so many there. But we just want to get the best that we can show to give an idea of what we're about. Yeah. And let's look at the huffs in the watershed again and let's look and see what this does to the words there uh, having our Arabic speaker do this at this time. Hafs nunazzilu warsh tanazzalu Okay, here you have not only a diacritical difference, you also have a vowelization difference. So if you look at the Hafs, you see the noon with one dot above the letter and a uh, dhamma above it. So there's a, not only the dot is singular and the dhamma there. When we look over to the warsh, it is two dots above the letter and that makes it a ta with a fatta, not a, a dhamma. So you have a, a vowelization that is different, which then changes also in, in the case of the hafs, it then has a z, it has to go down to a kasra, whereas in the warsh, it stays as a fatta. So you can see this changes it completely. Uh, and look at the how it changes the translation of it by changing not only the vowelization, but the diacritical marks. The translation in the Hafs is, we do not send down the angels except with truth, and the disbelievers would not then be reprieved. In Vosh version of the Arabic Quran tells us, the angels do not descend except the, uh, with truth and disbelievers would not would not then be reprieved. Well, that's fascinating. So really here you have a problem of who's doing the action here. Yeah. Uh, it is Allah sends, does Allah send down the angels or do the angels send down, descend of their own accord? Yeah, we, we need to ask the question, who is the one who is doing the job of sending? That's right, who is actually causing them to descend? Yeah. God or angel. So if you take out a vowel and put another vowel in, in this case you take out the the the, the dhamma and put in a fatta, and you're going to change and you put the one dot to two dots, you're yeah. going to change not only the context, you're going to change the tense, you're going to change the action. <laughs> Fascinating how something as insignificant of that does change the meaning. And as we talk about the angels, we are aware that Islamic uh, tradition a bit messed up with the angels. We don't know actually who are those angels? What are those angels? Um, so I think it's we, fair we, to ask the question, how those angels are descending? Who is sending them? Or are they using their own will to come down? Or 
what's happening. Hatun, you're bringing this up from what we just did this last Sunday at Speaker's Corner, which is now on video. You can go see it in our Fander Films. Are these angels? Is this Gabriel? Uh, is this Mikkel? Are, are angels the same as these individuals? You, you, there's a lot of confusion yeah. as to who these angels are, even in the Quran. You can then understand why this confusion is, because even the writers of the Quran were changing the tense, changing the context, yeah. and sometimes, in this case, Allah has the actions, time time the angels have the action. If that's going to be changed at this level, can you then understand why the yeah. theology and the meaning and then the understanding of who angels are and what their jobs are can be yeah. confused, even uh, confusing whether or not Gabriel can be an, or Jibril can be an angel. And again, sad reality because Muhammad didn't compile the Quran, because we don't have the Quran from the time of Uthman, we will never know what Allah meant in the first place. We're not even talking about Muhammad there. We're just talking back to Uthman. We don't even have his Quran. Yeah. That's for a whole other series we're going to get into later. Let's now move on to the next verse, and this is Surah 18, Ayah 36. And let's have our Arab speaker go ahead and read the, the words there. Hafs minha warsh. You can see anybody who doesn't even read Arabic, just take a look at these two words and see that there's a meme that has been added later that does not exist in the first one. Minha uh, it does not have a meme between the ha and the alef. When you look at the warsh, a mim has to be put in because above the ha you have a dhamma and then a meme followed by an alef. Whereas in the Hafs version, it's just a ha with an with a fatta above it, followed by an aleph. Can you see visually? Can those who can you see visually how an extra letter has been added? I hope you can do that by just looking at these two side by side. Now let's see how this changes the meaning. So, in the Hafs, the translation is, and I think not the hour will ever come, and if indeed I am brought back to my Lord on the day of, in this case, in the day of resurrection. I surely shall find better than this when I return to him. And in Vosh, um version of the Quran, and I think, and I think not the hour will ever come, and if in need I am brought back to my Lord, I surely shall find better than both of them when I return to him. Wow, 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 wow. From better than this, Versus change to better than both of both them. Both of them. Then it's talking about two other things. Yeah. So here you can see, will the companion, when they return, find a better place or a better place than the other than the two others? Yeah. Completely different context here. Who are the two these two others that the Warsh is referring to whom he will be better? We will never know. <laughs> we will never it's know. It's not just a better than this singular, it's yep. better than the two of them. Yeah. Yep. Plural or dual in this case. So here you can see by taking in this case, adding, uh, taking out, uh, well, uh, taking out the uh, fatta and adding a dhamma, which then requires a mim to be added to it, it becomes dual. Warsh has really changed what the Hafs was saying. Which came first, we don't know, because they were both being created in the ninth, eighth and ninth and 10th century. But can you see why we're bringing this up? Yep. Visually, you can see the difference. The context changes, Please. the theology changes, Thanks. and of course, then you really wonder which is the real one. Which was the one that was really sent down to Muhammad? Well, obviously, I would suggest neither. Uh, we will never know. You're saying we that an awful lot. Know. And you can because see that, why. That's important. That's important. Muhammad didn't leave Quran. Didn't he leave any Quran for us. Didn't leave any Quran for us. 
um, we don't have anything from Uthman. We are just uh, depending on the writings are given to us from 8th century, 9th century. And they're all different from one another. And those verses affects eternity of our dear Muslim friends. And they will never know what meant Allah in the first place. Okay, now we have not proven that we have nothing from the time of Uthman yet. Yeah. That's in the next series that we're going to get Sorry. into. We're going to look at the earliest manuscripts and we're going to see exactly what you're saying, that not any of the earliest manuscripts come from the seventh century. They do not come from the time of Uthman. And so that's why we, we're making assumption here that we cannot prove yet on screen. Okay, let's now move on to Surah 18, Ayah 86. And I will ask our, our Arab speaker if she can read the Arabic there in the Hafs. And in this case, the Ibn Amr. Hafs, Hamiatin, Ibn Amr, Hamiatin. In every previous case where we've seen the Dagar Alaf, it has been the Huff that had the Dagar Alaf, and the other, Warsh and the Ibn Amr, Ami Ibn Amr equals, uh, in this case, also uh, supports the Warsh. Yeah. It doesn't have the Dagar Alaf. I'm sorry, it does have the Dagar Alaf. And in the case of the Huffs here, it has a Hamza, which is missing in the Ibn Amr. So how does that change the meaning? Let's look and see what the translation yeah. is. Can you read the Hafs or read the Ibn Amr? Until when he reached the setting of the sun, he found it set in the spring of murky waters. In um, Ibn Amr, until when he reached the setting of the sun, he found it setting in a spring of extremely hot water. Hold on a minute. Now, Hunter, you're not a native Arab, uh, English speaker, but do you, can you see the difference between murky and hot? I do. What is murky water? What is a murky water? Uh, it's murky. It's messy. Cloudy. Cloudy, messy. So if you're swimming in a, uh, if you're swimming in a, a lake and you see it's very cloudy and there has been yeah. a lot of dust, a lot of yeah. dirt that has been dug up, you cannot see uh, past, uh, and past your know hand. You, never, you shouldn't go to that kind of water. It's very dangerous. Water. You don't want to yeah. swim in a murky water yeah. uh, because you, might, you don't know what you're going to hit. Hot water is completely different. Hot yeah, water so is what you, you get in a hot spring. You go on the, in the jacuzzi and then you get hot water. Jacuzzi. 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 Yeah. jacuzzi. Okay, so a jacuzzi has hot water, but it certainly doesn't have murky water. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't get into a jacuzzi if it had murky water, but I will get into a jacuzzi if it has hot water. Um, yeah, so it talks about uh, sun setting place, and in one of the occasions, according to Hafs, it's in a murky water. According to Ibn Amar, it is um, extremely hot water. So if you take away the Dagarala, but, but add in a Hamza, Hamza in one case, or you take out the Hamza and add a Dagar Alaf, it changes from murky to hot, from murky yep. to hot. Now, extremely hot. There's a huge difference between dark and gloomy and extremely hot water. Yep. I'll go with the hot water. I wouldn't go with the murky water. One's more healthy than the other. As you say, jacuzzis are fun to be in, providing it's not too hot. Fascinating, isn't it? Because this yes. changes the context. It changes what is happening. This is the story. You know the story of. This is yeah, the story of Dual Karnayn. Yeah. Where they find the uh, sun setting place. And, or Alexander the Great yeah. in Surah 18. And he's looking and he sees the sun setting in murky water yeah. or in extremely hot water. And then when we look at the traditions, there are the people who are sitting there. So are the people are sitting next to murky water or they are sitting on the ex next to extremely hot water? You can understand. In fact, stop and think a minute. Hold on a minute and see. Why would you change it from murky to extremely hot? Well, scientifically thinking... 
If you're scientific scientists in that time of the year, uh, in the ninth century, you're not really you don't understand uh, anything about the distance of the sun, and you're watching the sunset. You're on the you're on the beach, and you're watching the sunset, and uh, and, and you think, well, wait, wherever the sun is, it would then heat the water because you're thinking the sun setting so, in the yeah. water. So somebody sitting there looking at this say, wait a minute, it must be it, murky. It can't be murky because the water I'm looking at, it could be a lake or maybe it's on yeah. the seaside. It's not murky where they're sitting. Maybe it's better if we change this to hot because the sunset would steam the water up, would make it hot. And that's why even thinking it through, they probably changed it to try to make it more correct. Uh, that's Being pre-scientific. That's a good theory, but we will never know what was their intention. We will never know that. You're kind of getting repetitive on this, Hatun. You, you're full Sorry of not knowing. That. You're full of doubt. I like to try to think through why they came up with this conclusion. Sorry about and that. I love the fact that probably this is why they really thought it was going to steam the water up. But you do not do that to the Arabic text, and you certainly do not do that to the Word of God. Yeah. If it really is the Word of God, which is the one he intended? What did and what was it that Alexander the Great saw? Did he see the sun as we know, it doesn't set into any water. Yeah. That's man's way of thinking. And that's why, even interestingly, even that story from Dual Karnayn, it comes from actually a tract written by uh, the great, uh, well, not great, emperor called Heraclius, yeah. written in 632. He wrote this tract as an aggrandizement for himself, saying, this is me. I'm the one that Alexander the Great's talking about in 300 BC when he goes to the west and he sees the sun setting in the water, and he goes to the east and he sees the sun coming back out of the water. As he's looking at it, uh, he's saying, Alexander the Great then goes to the north and he, see, he sees people being, uh, uh, well, they're being yep. destroyed by these barbarians. He builds a wall of iron and brass. We're not even going to talk about that. Uh, and then the people turn to him and says, in 900 years, someone's going to come and going to destroy those barbarians across the mountains. And Heraclius says, it is me. I'm the one yeah. that this prophecy is about. I'm the one that Alexander the Great was referring to. It's a political tract that gets incorporated into the Quran in Surah 18. Of course, when they incorporate it, it looks like in one case, Hafs thought it was murky water, and the, Ibn Amir thought it may be hot water. But listen, this is just a nice little track that comes from a man-made anyway. You yeah. can change it at will as you want. Yeah. Fascinating. We and can unpack it's only that. It's only playing with a couple of um, small letters of Arabic language. A Dagar Aleph or yeah. not a Dagar Hamza, Aleph. Yeah. Changes it completely. And in one case, putting a Hamza in or taking it out. Now, let's go on, and we have a few minutes left. So we want to continue on with Surah 19. Uh, verse 77, let's have our Arabic reader then read the two words there. Hafs, waladan, khalaf, wuldan. So let's take a look at this on the Hafs side, waladan, and you have a fatta above the letter wow. Yeah. And on the khalaf side, you have a dhamma above the wow, which makes it wuldan versus waladan. Yeah. And of course, if you have a wala, you have also a fat above the lim, lam. But in the khalaf side, you have a hamza, a sukun, sorry. So you've got a real problem here because one is singular and the other is plural. So let's read the translation. In the Huff's case with waladan, then have you seen he who disbelieved in our verses and said, I will surely be given wealth and a child. In Khalaf it is, then have you seen 
he who disbelieved in our verses and said, I will surely be given wealth and children. So are the disbelievers given one child or many children? Well, there's a huge difference there. Yep. I would want to know how many children I get if I disbelieve. If I disbelieve, do I just get one child or many children? <laughs> Depends if you like children or not. And therefore, it may make you a believer or a disbeliever. Yeah. You don't like children, so you probably want to be a disbeliever in this case of Allah. If someone who likes children would want to be a believer. I'm just playing with games here. But yeah. can you see, this does make a difference. And you can see it certainly makes a difference to the disbeliever. Yeah. So simply simply by adding waladan or wuldan, by changing the vowel here, by putting a fatta and changing it to a dama, it changes the context completely. Yeah, from singular to prologue. Okay, now let's go and let's go to Surah 37. We're jumping quite a few here because we're running out of time. We don't want to yeah. uh, do too many. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds we could look at. Yeah. Let's now look at Surah 37, Ayah 130. And let's have our Arabic speaker read these here in turn. Hafs al-Yaseen, Warsh al-Yaseen. Okay, this oh, is well, fascinating. sounds looked very, very same. It's both talking about Elias, yeah. the prophet Elias. But it has a huge, makes a huge difference by either il or ali, by either putting an, an aleph there with, uh, with a kasra at the bottom or putting an aleph there uh, with a fatta at the top and a hamza before it. Can you see what happens? It changes it from peace be upon Elias, the prophet. Versus peace be upon the family of Elias. Well, wait so a minute. If I was the family, this. I would rather go with the warsh. <laughs> if you don't like your family, and Alias didn't get along with his family, he wants to go with the Hubs. So I'm sure his family would like to know, wouldn't you? I would like to know if I were his family as to whether I'm included in that piece or in only he is included on that yeah. piece. And that he has a big difference, theologically speaking, too. Because is the whole family come along with him? Do they, are they incorporated into his blessing? Or yeah. only he incorporated into that blessing? That has a huge difference, would make a big significance. And I would like to know that significance. And we will never know. Oh, there you go again. You're kind of getting used to that one. Let's go on to thir Surah 38, Ayah 45. And let's read now be the difference between the Hafs and the Al-Bazi here. Hafs, Ibadana, Al-Bazi, Abdana. Wow, okay. Um, I, I Just take a, let people look at that and you can see here's the Dagar Aleph been added again. The Dagar Aleph in this case has been added in the Hafs and it's missing in the Al-Bazi. And when you take the Dagar Aleph and you add it or subtract it, it comes back to either plural or singular. We had one yeah. of these similar to that, so this is similar to that that we had earlier. So the translation in the Hafs would be, and remember our slaves, Ibrahim, Isaac, and Yaqub, the owners. In Al-Bazi it will be, and remember our slave, Ibrahim, Isaac, and Yaqub, the owners. Here, yeah. immediately you can see there's a problem here. Hafs has it correct. I would suggest the Hafs probably has it correct. Why, Hatun? Why does Hafs have because it correct? Because after, after using plural vocabulary, he's giving us three different names. And in the context, you know, there are, it's plural. It has to be plural, doesn't yeah. it? So with the, with the Hafs, with the Dagar Alaf, it makes it sense. And it also is consistent because there are three names, Abraham, Isaac, and, uh, Isaac and, and Jacob, Jacob Yaakob and Jacob. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are three. So therefore, slaves would make sense. Yeah. Why in the world did Al-Bazi put it back to slave? And we will never know. When he then contradicts himself by saying owners, plural. Yeah. 
I guess, again, we have to remember what Kidnis, um, Al-Kindis said. Um, Quran cannot be word of God because it has very, very poor Arabic. And we see from Al-Bazi's um, writings, yes. We're going to pick up and we're going to have one more segment and we're going to introduce five more examples before we wrap the whole thing up. But yep. can you see what we've done here just by looking at these going up through and including Surah 38, Ayah 45. Obviously, there's a problem here. These are difficulties you can't just slough away. You can't just walk away. Muslims, be careful. These are things that you need to deal with. We're bringing these up here because we have heard over and over again that your Quran is perfect. It's inimitable. I love that word. You use it all the time. It has no error. It has no uh, contradiction. It has no uh, historical anachronisms. Everything you see in that Quran you believe is on those eternal tablets that exist in heaven that they revealed to Muhammad over a 22-year period from 610 to 632 and that were compiled completely at the time of Uthman and that it's never changed. Nothing has changed. You really do believe that everything you're looking at is exactly as it has been. We're showing you now that this is not the case. This is difficult, I know, and many of you are going to get upset and many of you are going to try to ask your scholars. You're going to go to your imams and say, is this true? What Hatun has found. Can, can, is this true? Listen, don't trust us. We could be lying. Don't think that what we're saying in here is, is the end of it. You go and you look at these Qurans. You look at these slides. Pull them down. You do a comparison between one uh, picture and the other picture. Look at the words within them. Look at, we didn't write this. This is not our writing. Hatun did not waste her time doing this. All she did was collect them. You now look at it and you come to a conclusion and realize that everything we're pointing to proves that this is nothing more than a man-made book. God bless you. It's good to be able to talk to you. This is the end of the 13th segment. We have one more to go where we're going to wrap it up and show you some really devastating material, and then we're going to come to conclusions and let you come to your conclusions. This is Jaden over and out here in London.